This is Betty Collins, and we are Inspiring Women, presented by Bradyware. This is the podcast that advances women towards economic, social, and political achievement. I am here to inspire you to take steps to the next level in your career. Thanks for listening and investing your time in yourself. More about Inspiring Women in this episode can be found at bradyware.com slash resources. Today I want to talk about having a women's initiative in your company or in your organization. And a women's initiative, a lot of that started, you know, easily years ago, and it kind of became a checklist and it was more, um, it was the right thing to do. And a lot of times those initiatives within companies turned out to be not very good because the women were set up in many ways to fail because it was a given that they were getting promotions. It was a given that they were getting a job before someone who might have qualified for it. So in some ways that, that it served a purpose in some ways, but in other ways it was, it was not probably the way to do it. But I can tell you from my experience, um, I have had the privilege of directing a women's initiative within my company, and it's had a lot of success wrapped up in it. I wish I could just be a director of the women's initiative at Bradyware, but unfortunately, um, I have to work for a living, right? And um, I'm a CPA and an advisor and play leadership roles within my company that are really important. But I put the directing the women's initiative as one of those that are just as important. And so if you have a company, you know, that you would like to really empower your workforce or you would really like to um, support women or get the women within your organization to to achieve more, have more success, then this is one of the ways that you can do that. So I'm going to go a little bit on the journey of the Women's Initiative that I have uh, directed and started and founded at Bradyware. And the key and success to it, truly, I believe this, was from the beginning in 2014, the CEOs of Bradyware, Brian Carr and Jim Kaiser, were absolutely behind the initiative. So people within our organization saw that this came from the top, and obviously the board of directors um, agreed to it, and then all the shareholders. It was an unanimous vote that we would start this initiative. The second key to this was that the mindset of this initiative was not a have to. It was a want to, and it was not to be a fad. It was not to be a short term. It was to be just become part of the culture and part of the way we, and the mindset and the way we think. I was really, really fortunate that I had that leadership from the beginning, and then they challenged me to just take this and go, and and let's see where it ends up. The third thing I would tell you as to why there was success was it was not Betty Collins' initiative. It was the women of the company. What is it that you want? And, you know, we have times where we do a lot more with women's initiative than we don't, and it has ebbs and flows and timing. We don't do a whole lot of in women's initiative stuff during tax season with the exception of celebrating um, Women's International Day. We just have a fun time doing that. But otherwise, it's the ideas and it's what they need, and it's not what I think. I think women should read lots of books. They do not have that same opinion. Um, so in the beginning, I was thinking we can have a book club and we can really read and we can go with that. And some of them still like to do that. And, and I encourage that at all because you're, you're better if you read. 
I just thought, I'm going to go ahead and let them make ideas, let them say what they would like to see happen. And they also, at that time, didn't know what that meant. But we, we just kind of evolved into different things. You have to really have some goals and purposes. I mean, you can have great leadership support you. You can make sure this isn't a fad, that this is going to stay around for a while. You can make sure, obviously, that's even that this is uh, what the women of your company want. But you would still have to have, what is the goal and purpose of having the initiative? And our overall goal was to empower women, you know, obviously, to succeed professionally, but also personally. And we wanted to focus on, you know, on them and doing that with investing in resources, development of skills. That's what I call reading books, uh, by the way. Creating support systems for women every day so that they can live out, you know, that full potential and balance a lot of life. Um, Advancing their careers is a huge issue, but also that they can, you know, deal with issues that are in their personal life that are at home because that affects your your, uh, career and your professional life. So you have to make sure that's all in balance. And so we really had those goals in mind. It was about their success professionally, their success uh, personally. And then we invested. I mean, it takes that when you want to do this. Um, you know, you can have things like seminars and meetings and things that are directed to them. And we also made sure that we were involved in our community outside of our office. Uh, we're a CPAs, you know, we sit in office a lot and you can get kind of lost in that. And sometimes you need to get out in your community and see what's happening with other women in other organizations. And we did that. We're going to talk about that at the end of this podcast Two organizations, the WSBA, which is the Women's Small Business Accelerator and NABA, which is the National Association of Women Business Owners. We got involved in those things and and those organizations really helped the women in our office. And, and other offices did other things because we're in four locations. We also wanted to develop skills in, in women, utilizing resources like books and CPE speakers or um, get, encouraging them to go to things, get involved with things, uh, meeting also as a group. Um, because we have four offices, we made sure that at least once a year our four offices come together. And we get to know other women within Bradyware. And that has been a big plus. And we do that once a year. We have about a day and a half where we just spend on topics, on on self-development, on what we think the firm needs, um, what we think that we would like them for do for them to do. And then we also have um, a really, you know, some type of speaker come in and talk, always getting that other perspective. So we've done that ever since. So those are things. And then you have to have support systems, um, that create and value a culture that addresses the barriers and the hurdles that, that women face. You know, over 50% of accountants today are women, just a little over 50%. And 21% of them are in the leadership, you know, whether it's the board of directors or the shareholders. So what are those hurdles as to why they're not in more of the leadership? When I came to Brady where there were two shareholders um, that were women, and I was one of them, and today we have six. But on top of that, we have a lot of managers and senior managers that could still continue to go to the, dif- the distance if, it's, if they choose to do that. And so we want to keep cultivating what are those barriers that are holding you back. 
you know, women have different seasons in life. The 20s look nothing like the 30s. The 30s look nothing like the 40s. And certainly your 50s look like none of those. And I don't know what 60s look like because I'm not there. But there's different seasons and there's different times. Um, I, I have no regrets when my kids were certain ages that I wasn't trying to build more of my career. I have no regrets in that. Um, I've had parents aging. I have no regrets that I can drop and go do what I need to do there. So there are things and times when your kids are in college, man, you need to make sure that you make as much money as you can. So those build, those years are different than other years and they're not home and you have time and you can be doing that. But there comes a point in time too, I found in my fifties was, wow, I've built a lot and now I have opportunity to build even more if I want it. And if I would have looked in, and thought about that in my 30s, I would have never seen that my 50s will be this period of freedom um, in my life. So every season's different, and you just need to help them get there. I never missed a game for my kids. I never missed the birthday parties. I always took off a day with them. Those type of things will never come back. But in my 50s, it's just different, and I'm seizing more opportunities. So everybody's seasons are different, and we have to help them get through those barriers. There's also this whole thing on we have to balance professional and personal life. And I will tell you now, I'm doing this for 30-plus years. It's a myth. You will never balance it. My theory has really become more, and I want to make sure other women understand this, is you can have it all. You just can't do it all. And you have to have systems around you that allow you to say no you had to have systems around you where people will tell you, no, you're not going to do that. And you have to promote a sense of it's okay that never, everything is not okay. And instead of we think we have to live this ideal perfect life. Those are things that women need encouragement about. Those are things that women need support systems about. By the way, so do men in your organizations. They just handle things differently. The real success that you want to see in a women's initiative is that they are going the distance. They don't cut short. They don't stop when they can keep going forward. But when it comes to their decision in it, it's theirs. We just need to make sure we help them run as far as they can go. What benefits can come out of a women's initiative? I can tell you for sure um, this has gone on for five years. I think we could do, still do a lot more. We've just scratched the surface in many respects. But you de definitely develop leadership. I had a woman come to Bradyware as an intern, and she was young, and she just didn't know a lot, right? And we just had, were starting the Women's Initiative. And man, did she just take off during those years. She isn't with Bradyware because, you know, public accounting was not um, her forte at the end of the day. But the development I saw in her from being a pretty quiet, uh, reserved person in some regards, to serving on committees at NABO and um, getting out there and wanting to do marketing events, even when she wasn't supposed to, you know, she didn't have to sell. She was still out there wanting to do. I just saw development in her in a very quick time. And so we need to, to do that. You will recruit new talent because of women's initiatives and you will retain them. When we do recruitment at colleges, the women's initiative always comes up. When we have people look at our website when they interview, most of the time if they're women, they've looked at the Women's Initiative part of our website, and that's a big play for them. And it has kept people here longer um, than they might have not you know, left earlier or whatever, but it's really part of recruiting and retaining. 
you will energize your current workforce. When you have annual meetings with them, when you have conferences, when you're getting them to events, when they're going to fundraisers that benefit women and they're seeing success in those stories, you will energize your workforce. They will love doing it. 55% of our workforce are women. I want them to have success and their talent is valuable. And I don't want them getting bogged down in things that women get bogged down in. Number one thing they get bogged down in is just time and there's not enough of it. But the other would be lack of confidence. And so when we have things that support that or enhance that, we're going to see them really develop. So the other, the other benefit from the women's initiatives most certainly is um, in, my, in my world is I now have over well over 50% of my business are women-owned. And I'm known in the community and in the marketplace for that. Business is business. Women aren't any different when it comes to they have to have cash in the bank like a man-owned business or, you know, those things stay the same. But I will tell you that women have a different perspective sometimes of how they do things. And sometimes they their, their battle is is just bigger because of the that perspective and the way they do things. So as an advisor, I've been able to to, to have a totally different outlook on how to help a woman-owned business. So those are just some of the benefits that we've seen over the last five years. Now here are some of our results for sure. In 2014, again, we had two shareholders that were women and now we have six. And those shareholders those women all look different on, on, on what they do and how they do it and how much time they work and how much time they don't work. It's been very, very flexible for them. But that's good success, not because we can say we have women in the boardroom. We have the talent that we want in the boardroom, and that's huge. Some of the results, I think one of our biggest successes have been that we founded a women's conference, and this is year six for us, that we have had in the central Ohio area. And we partner with two organizations that I had mentioned earlier that we're going to interview. Um, and those organizations um, benefit because this is, this is number one, it's for their members, and it's for their connections, but it also helps their profits. And the profits of this conference go to their organizations. That has been a huge success. And that conference is happening June 28th of um, this year. And it's at the OSU Marriott. And it will sell out. Um, and we're already well halfway there on registration. So I will tell you that that's been a huge, huge thing. Other results, we started um, a, two, a one and a half to two day retreat just for the women in Bradyware where we get together. And it's totally optional. They do not feel pressure to come to this. It is something that they want to do, some, you know, but it's something that they really look forward to. And it's just, it's just been one of those things where we've really learned a lot from each other and we've been able to have some cohesiveness that has been fantastic. We have a podcast series. You're listening to it. So this is one of the things that came out of the Women's Initiative. Um, as I got more and more into women-owned businesses and as the more I speak, the more I'm out there, the podcast became something that, that we wanted to do and it's been extremely well-received. We celebrate Women's International Day. The first day we did it, the um, theme was on persistence. And I asked the women of Bradyware to write about that persistent woman in their life. And those stories were just phenomenal. We had a great day reading those and celebrating those, of course, with chocolate. But we had a, it was a fun time. And just two success stories that I would share with you because of the Women's Initiative. Um, Sharon Hess, who is a senior manager out of um, our Dayton office, she's been involved with Habitat for Humanity and she's on their board, 
and they decided to build a house for a single mom. And she really, really took that to heart and just went with it. Um, she's one of our leading women in the firm who just has that energy and smile. But she raised the most money. In fact, she was involved to the point that she was um, had the women of our Dayton office go, and they had shovels and hammers, and, and they just got really into helping that, that single woman. It was a great story. But she she just did a phenomenal job. The other one I would tell you is that Lorani Orbit, who is in our a tax manager in our Columbus office, she when the hurricane hit Puerto Rico, well, actually they had two hit within a, a week's time. The second one um, just wiped out a school for girls that she had attended there because she grew up in Puerto Rico, and she just hated to see the devastation. And the school was suffering um, quite extensively, not just from damage, but the fact that nobody was working, so they couldn't send their kids. And so she said, "Hey, could we just you know start a fundraiser in Bradyware?" And then um, I said, sure, you know, let's have a breakfast and, and uh, we'll ha- charge a, a, a crazy amount for that. And before you know it, all four offices had some kind of fundraiser for that. And then on top of that, her daughter went to uh, Columbus School for Girls where she goes to school and got them involved. And now that school and the Puerto Rican school kind of are sister schools. And um, at the end of the day, we raised almost $10,000. And so it all comes from the empowerment. You know, it's the thing that we push. But it was it was awesome to see that. The biggest thing I hear from the Women's Initiative, we're all very busy here. We have day jobs and we're out there and we're helping women-owned businesses, but we're also, you know, we're CPAs and we're busy. But the thing I hear the most is that the conversation started in 2014 about women, about what women need, about the empowerment of women. I could go on and on. And the good news is, is that conversation still continues. It's still there. Why did we have success? Because it was not what my idea or the top leadership idea, that was just the go to, to have it. It was that the women created what happened and they had to step up and they had to get involved. And then they helped it evolve into what it is. And then the last reason, of course, is that we are out there in our community like the conference that I've talked about. I mean, this conference isn't just come for two hours and have breakfast. It is an entire day. It is a breakfast panel of very successful women that will be a a really good moderated time. It's about awards and celebrations for women who are visionaries and emerging leaders it will have a national keynote speaker, and it has 10 breakout sessions of professionals. That's a lot to accomplish in, in, in a five-year period to build that reputation of that conference, and there'll be 300-plus women there. The, the last part of the success, though, is that we partnered with other organizations that help and support women who are in business, who are business leaders, who are executives in their companies. And that, to me, is women supporting women. So it has just been an incredible journey And I would encourage you, if you think you would like to do something, start out small, start out with a vision that will go bigger and be committed to it for a time period. And you're going to energize a workforce and develop some leadership there that you will have for a long time. So after the podcast, I'm going to interview Mary McCarthy, who is the co-founder and the executive director of the WSBA, and Christy Farball, who is the executive director of NABO Columbus, which is the largest chapter in the country. So we've been talking about women's initiatives in corporate America today. And 
um, how can that work that we can empower our workforce and really energize and, and develop talent? That's what it's about at the end of the day when you have these um, uh, types of initiatives within a company. Well, part of really having the success is partnering with the right people. And you know, I'm fortunate that we're from Columbus, Ohio. There's tremendous amounts of women's groups that we can get involved with. And so we, we had to choose. And um, in the beginning of this, we went to a, a NABO event and we came back from that and everyone was like, that's what we're going to do. You know, that's the place. That's the place. And now, of course, NABO is the tribe. I mean, that's where we belong. And it's, you know, it's the National Association of Women Business Owners. It's the number one chapter in the country. So, you know, we, we it's it's does everything very, very well. But it has been very impactful, uh, certainly for me professionally and and as a person, and the women within my company. You can't go wrong by getting the right organization. And because we represent a lot of small businesses, it really is very, very helpful. I don't go to Nabo's events to, to always go get a client. I go there because you're supporting other women, and then they're helping you, and they don't even know it. I have the privilege today of interviewing Chrissy Farbach. She is the executive director for Nabo Columbus. And I would love for her just to, I'm going to ask her some questions and some general things and talk about the organization. I could talk about it all day and the impact that it's had, but she really has some other um, perspectives. But first, why don't you tell my listeners a little just about yourself, you know, that 30 second commercial thing. Well, thanks, Betty. Thanks for having me with you today. I really appreciate the opportunity. Um, I'm a loyal listener of your podcast, so it's, yes. it's kind of fun <laughs> to be on the other side today. Um, so I became the first professional executive director of NABO Columbus in July of 2017. So just almost two years. And prior to that, my whole career, uh, you know, almost 30 years, as surprising as that is to say, almost 30 years in uh, nonprofit sector work. And in 2006, I got the entrepreneurial bug and started a small um, business working with nonprofits, so coaching them in board development, fundraising, that right. kind of work, grant writing. And so this position really blends my expertise of nonprofit governance and my entrepreneurial spirit. As the executive director of NABO, you know, tell us about the mission and the purpose of your organization. So Nava Columbus exists to elevate women business owners um, of all sizes and from all industries. We're really the only association that works in that way. And we do our work through networking, advocacy, and mentorship, which are three, three key pillars. We're keenly focused on helping women business owners be competitive in an inclusive economy. Women are really important to the growth of the economy in Ohio and in Definitely. the country. And so that's really our long-term focus is on the impact. Why do you serve in this position? What's the why? What's the passion? I said a minute ago, it really blends my nonprofit governance experience and my entrepreneurial spirit. And um, I just really like helping people. One of my core values is is leave people and organizations better than where you found them and, yep. and kind of fill them up. And so Malcolm Gladwell, if you're familiar with him and his book, The Tipping Point, would probably call me a maven and a connector. I'm a learner at heart and I collect information all in the spirit of maybe sharing it with somebody, helping sure. somebody learn um, and, and grow and develop. I love to connect people to my favorite things, put people together and let the, let the magic happen yep. um, so they can achieve their goals and dreams. And so I'm just super passionate about um, empowering women and this cause of women's entrepreneurship. Small business, you just get that bug, that entrepreneurship. And then when you add in that, hey, we're women who own businesses, there's a passion there. And when you can get in a group of women that all support that, it's just a phenomenal thing. 
So I would ask, you know, who should belong to NABO? I mean, what's your membership kind of made up right now? Those yeah, two yeah. questions. Yeah, so this chapter is 20 years old, as you, as you know. I personally believe every woman who's an entrepreneur should belong to NABO, right? right. And it's, it's not about the transaction of joining. It's not about how many meetings I can come to or, or how many things I get out of my membership. It's really about the transformation that happens yep. when you surround yourself with peers and mentors um, who are on the same journey, right? We hear a lot women who say, oh, I'm looking for women or I'm lonely or I got to get out of my house or write that. Right. So it's that tribe. And then second, becoming a part of the movement of women's entrepreneurship. So we're better together and we go farther, faster together. You know, of our 250 members um, to date, we really range from solopreneurs, multi-level marketing consultants, um, ladies like financial advisors and attorneys who have books of business, all the way up to multi-million dollar companies. So it's the whole range. And so I think for me, I've been thinking about this a lot lately. My vision is that any woman who considers herself an entrepreneur joins this tribe and, right. and wears that badge of honor as an, you know, as an entrepreneur proudly. Right. And this is the place you want to be to sort of shout that from the rooftops. So, um, you know, women in business have challenges. Um, every, any business owner does. I mean, you're a risk taker. You, you know, the liabilities on you. You might have the largest check, but you might not have any check, you know. So what is the challenge that you find in, in the business environment today for women, and how does NABO help navigate that? So there are two that I hear a lot, and one is um, access to mentors. So mm-hmm. where are women who look like me, who are maybe a little farther or a lot farther ahead of me, that I can aspire to be? And we do that in a host of ways, through the events that we host um, every month, um, through our roundtables, our groups of you know, six to eight women who work on their business. And just uh, just helping women connect, you know, right. I just I want to know so and so and we can help make those connections. So I hear that a lot, access to mentors and the other piece is access to capital. So, as you know, NABO was founded over 30 years ago when women were not allowed or had, didn't have the right to borrow money for a business loan in their own right. name. And so here we are 30 years later past that milestone and women still receive only 2% of the capital that go to businesses in the country. So that needle hasn't moved in 30 years. You know, why is that? How, how, so we're starting to look at that a little bit. Our new women's business certification for the state of Ohio will help women be more competitive across state lines mm-hmm. and in the state and give us the first data that we have to sort of understand the ecosystem of women business owners. Right. And, and along those lines, I, I shared a stat the other day with someone, and they were, they were stunned to learn this. So we talk a lot about wage gap and wage disparity among women and the right. whole 80 cents on the dollar conversation. Well, for entrepreneurs, female entrepreneurs make about 25 cents on the dollar compared to men. And that's a host of reasons. Yeah. Part of it is we, don't, we can't access the capital, and sometimes we don't uh, ask for what we're worth, and we charge too little and whatnot. But, so I feel like if we're going to have the wage conversation – yeah. We, we're at that table because right. it's pretty abysmal for women entrepreneurs. Right. So those are the two Bs, capital and mentors. Yes. Okay. Where can my listeners, and a lot of them probably are joint members of NABA, but where can they find NABA? Where can they find and get connected to you? So our website is a great place to start, nabocbus.org. I always invite new women entrepreneurs that I meet to just come check us out, come to an event. Right. Come meet some folks. Um, I can pretty much guarantee you you'll be welcomed with open arms. And um, members are curious about your journey. They're off, quick to offer help. Um, how can we support each other? It's pretty interesting, the magic that happens. Right. Um, 
in that room. And so while I think we are the, well, I know we are the largest chapter in the country. We, we break, try to break it down into to a smaller community so that right. when you show up and you don't know anybody, we'll, we'll shepherd you through that. Right. I appreciate you coming in and talking with me today and being part of my podcast. I can tell you that one of the reasons that I am a member of NABO is I look at the past and, and the sacrifice and work that people over 30 years and certainly over 20 years in Columbus, the sacrifice that was made to have NABO what it is today is huge. And so in the present, I want to seize those opportunities. You know, I want to seize and make sure that we honor them by seizing our opportunities. And then we have generations behind us who are watching, and I want to make sure what they're seeing is what they should be seeing. So thank you for coming to us today, and um, I'm, I'm looking forward to our conference that we're having soon. I'm interviewing Mary McCarthy, and she is with the WSBA, which stands for Women Small Business Accelerator. And a few years ago, I got to know, well, actually, I've known Mary McCarthy and the other founder, Caroline Worley, for, I don't know when I haven't known them, I guess is how I'll say it, but um, I went to an event that they had and was just so inspired by it. I said, this is where we can give back. This is where Bradyware can be involved. Because if women in small business can accelerate, it will just it totally impact the marketplace. And women have a harder time in those initial years as entrepreneurs than men. And I don't want to go into a lot of that today, but this is another partner that Bradyware chose to be with because it was just a way to give back and it was a way to get women, hey, how can we help you? you know, so that you can succeed. Um, and it's not to me that women need to take over the world. Okay, maybe they do. But there's a lot of talent and there's a lot of passion and there's a lot of ideas and we want to make sure they're successful. So the, we're going to just call this the WSBA. It's much easier for me to say. Tell my listeners a little bit about yourself. Give that 30-second commercial of just Mary McCarthy. Okay. Well, hi, everybody. So I am Mary McCarthy. I have two organizations. So YMT Consultants is a business consulting firm. I have been a business consultant work with, working with the early stage micro business owner for over 10 years. And back in 2011, I ran across an SBA article that said, if all things are equal, why are men succeeding more than women? So that launched the really good question of, well, the answers weren't anything unique. But the fact is, we're still saying the same answer. So what can Mm -hmm. we do to change that? So I happened to talk a really good friend of mine into launching the organization called the Women's Small Business Accelerator. So we're actually entering our seventh year of operations. So I'm busy running two organizations on a daily basis. Yes, you are. And um, I've known you a long time, and I don't know that you'll ever not be busy, Mary, but that's okay. Um, So tell me, as the executive director of of the WSBA, Uh what is the mission and the purpose of the organization? Well, when we go back to the SBA article, right, it really talked about if education and income are the same between men and women, why are men succeeding? And the answers, again, were no surprise. Uh, Men assumed they would be a million-dollar business. Women hoped to pay their bills. Mm -hmm. A man said he wanted to launch a business, and he was told, good luck and congratulations. Woman was, how do you do that and support your family? Right. Right? So that's not necessarily going to change. What we determined was we really needed support. We needed guidance. So when we created the WSBA, our mission is to help all women. 
So it's not based on income or age, ethnicity, location. It's all women, regardless, that wants to have a successful business. And success is what they define it as, not what society defines it as. Right. So if you do want to make money and be home to support your and care for your family, good for you. You should be able to. And you should be able to do it with pride that you are balancing your life and caring for your family and providing a financial means. If you want to be a multi-million dollar business owner, great. We're going to help you do that as well. So we want all women to be helped regardless. Right. So when you help women, Mm -hmm. what does that mean? So what is the help you're giving them? Well, I think first it is just appreciation that they can accomplish whatever they would like. They're no longer doing it alone. We're there to help mentor, guide, support, um, push, listen to, uh, whatever that you need. So we have a lot that we deal with on a daily basis, and we allow ourselves at times to get completely overwhelmed. So we want to kind of work through all of that and really take the emotion out, figure out what is the business model that we want to accomplish, how are we going to accomplish it, and then let's put a plan in action and let's make it happen. So you have a mentoring program and educational program as well as power circles. You want to just tell us a little bit about that? Well, we have three signature programs. Okay. Right. So we start with, so we work with the, I've got an idea Mm -hmm. all the way through. I want to grow. So the idea stage to, I have launched, but I'm not making any money because I haven't really figured out my business model. That's called the inspired entrepreneur. Okay. We have a great dream, a great desire. How do we monetize? So it is a six month education program and it's focused on really creating a model. Who is your target customer? What is your pricing? Uh, The outcome is a written business plan. I like to tell people it's not the plan that matters. It's the journey. It's the research. It's understanding the information, not the assumption on what your business is going to be and do. Power circles is once you've been in business for a year, you know, think of a mini mastermind group, right? right? We have a group of six to eight women that get together on a monthly basis that support each other, that provide ideas, information, support, but it's facilitated by a business expert that brings in the business tools, brings in the right. knowledgeable speakers. And it's about dealing with the day-to-day, allow you to get out of your head and focus of working on the business. And then mentor match. Once you've been in business for three years or more, it is time now for a mind shift change. You want to grow and you're not sure how to do it. We've got to change you from being the owner of your small business to becoming the CEO of your organization. So we will match you and it's all a hand-selected match based on what your needs are with a very successful woman business owner who's already done it that can help provide strategy and guidance those are awesome programs. It's why, you know, mm-hmm. uh, Brady Weir has definitely wanted to partner with you in helping to make sure those launch and get going because you guys are only seven years old. So it's taken some time, but you've built up quite a bit of clientele and a good board and you have a lot of substance in your in your stuff. We've come tell, a long way. Yeah. Tell yes. me, tell me this. Tell me the favorite story of the woman who's come through your program. You know, there are so many incredible women that have come through the program. Um, We had one who had been very successful. She had to take time out of her business in order to be a caregiver. Mm. And that meant she had a year, almost a year and a half, where she wasn't generating any income. And when the individual passed, she's sitting there going, what do I do? 
So she got a mentor. They created very specific goals, and it was all about sales. She had someone who held her accountable. She accomplished her goals in four months. Wow. I had somebody who went through the Inspire, because I'm going to give you two. Yes, for one, I'm going to give you two. (laughs) She went through the Inspired, and she wanted to be a food business. And one of my favorite sayings, if you're a food entrepreneur, is just because your friends and family like your food does not mean they will pay for it. (laughs) Right? So she started a Friday night supper club. She delivered food to somebody that knew someone, and next thing you knew, she ended up on Food Network. Very nice. So she was on Food Court Wars, if anyone remembers that show on Food Network. Uh, She won. Couldn't tell anyone that she won, but Mm. she won. She needed funding to open up, and it was in a food court. Wasn't necessarily what she wanted to be. But it was a good learning lesson, so we decided to go for it. So after she won, we had to get funding, signed a very strict non-disclosure. We couldn't say she won. The lender didn't want to give her money unless they knew she won. So we had to navigate that, finally got the funding, got her launched, ran it for a year. She learned so much, shut it down. They went back to catering. Mm-hmm. Um, she was pregnant and she had a child. Okay. So she recently just um, went back into it, her business big time, and she is now in Cameron Mitchell's uh, food court. Very nice. Very nice. Yeah. Um, the success stories are what, you know, keep your vision alive. It keeps the purpose. It keeps, you know, because you, you're very busy. And so for you to still be co-leading this and doing this is awesome. So let's go with the last question, which uh-huh. is where can business owners, inspired people, what did you call them? The inspired the entrepreneur. The inspired entrepreneur. And uh-huh. where do they find the WSBA? Where can they go on and find your information? Well, I would say the easiest way to find us is on our website, which is wsbaohio.org. Uh, they can come to the women's conference and see us. We have our annual gala and fundraiser every October and they can come. We celebrate with 300 to 350 of our closest friends. You're welcome to be a friend and come join us as well. Well, I appreciate today, Christy and Mary both coming. These partnerships for Bradyware have been invaluable. Um, We look at them as just part of the success of our women's initiative. So I cannot emphasize to you enough that if you really want to start this within your company and you don't need to be a large company to start a women's initiative, um, you got to partner with the right people in town that support you and you support them. It will make a difference in that. As your career advancements continue, your financial opportunities will continue to grow. Be prepared. Visit bradyware.com slash resources to download a copy of the financial checklist for every stage of your life, everything about the Inspiring Woman's podcast, this episode, and Bradyware and Company Accounting Services can be found in the podcast show notes.